everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we are excited today. We are diving into Bridgerton once again, but this time it's the books and I'm really looking forward to it. And this, it might be a little bit more mature podcast. So if you don't like that kind of thing, then it's not going to be for you, but we got tons of other stuff you can listen to on the podcast, but I am film critic Rachel Wagner and I love reading too, as well as movies. And I'm so excited to have my friend Natasha here to talk about these Bridgerton books. Hi, everyone. <laughs> you were on our season two recap that we did, which was so much fun. Yes, yes. Series. And so now you're here to talk about the books. And I'm I'm really curious for your opinion, because you not only are a reader and uh, and movie fan, but you also are a teacher of literature. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me more credible or... <laughs> I think it should, hopefully. What was I learning for four years? <laughs> I don't know anymore. Yeah. So you teach classic literature. To your, you teach The Great Gatsby, right? This is the book you're doing right now. Yes. Um, so basically, there's like two papers, right? So the and each paper has like a certain number of books. So um, currently, I'm actually teaching poetry. Oh, so okay. Yeah, so I'm teaching mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Marvell's uh, poems. Oh, yeah. I don't know him. <laughs> uh, he's the one who wrote that sexy poem <laughs> mm. uh, to his coin mistress. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Do the kids hate that? Um, not yeah. they don't like poetry much these days. Um yeah, that's true. <laughs> um they find him entertaining, but I think uh-huh. uh because it was the Renaissance, right? It's a bit I mean the their ideas of love and you know how men I think perceive women are very different from the now, right? So some of mm-hmm. the ideas are quite provocative and the kids are like nope nope <laughs> this guy's weird right <laughs> and i'm like guys you know it, it was a different time <laughs> it was a you know a different society you know so we have to come yeah. at it from that lens uh, yeah <laughs> yeah what do you say to the kids that say oh great gatsby this is so boring why do we have to read these books uh they say that for all the texts <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think, uh, I guess, I mean, it's easier for like the Great Gatsby because I think they can, they can see like the parallels between the 1920s to the 2020s, right? Uh I think a lot of what was driving that society is also driving our current society, right? You know, the, the, the debauchery, the chasing of pleasure, right? You know, Uh um, yeah, all these things, right? You know, um, the, the, the nonstop parties, right? So I think, uh, they can relate to that aspect of it, right? You're living more um, exciting life than I am. <laughs> I, well, not me. Not me personally. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Friday night is like me and my husband just staring at each other like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is our Friday night. <laughs> but like, so, you know, I guess for them, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so yeah. Julia Quinn, she is a romance novelist and she wrote these books starting in 2000, then going to 2006. So there's there are some slightly outdated parts of the books. But 
What do you say to people who, what would you say to people who hold their, their nose up at books like these, like romance novels? What would you say? <laughs> it's like everyone, right? I don't know. Like, I think uh, the it's interesting because, you know, it's not like certain movies that I, I guess, or, you know, books that are catered to men are all that good sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't know, right? So I, I feel that the romance genre gets a lot of beating unnecessarily, right? I think for being uh, unrealistic or I think for um, communicating certain kind of tropes, certain kind of ideas, maybe outdated, right? You know, and I think definitely there are some, I think, historical romances, right, that can be a bit uh, <laughs> provocative, right? Uh-huh. Uh, not in the sexy way, but in a way that, you know, the men are a certain kind of masculinity, right, that, you know, would maybe perhaps be considered abusive. I don't know if you've read, like, uh, Judith McNaught, have you read any of her pieces? I don't think I yeah. have. So, yeah. like, you know, sometimes there are these kind of elements that uh, are not great, right? They can be quite toxic, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I think ultimately, I mean, that's what lit does, I think. I don't think lit is always safe or um, always standard or, um, uh, you know, always in package in the way that you might like. Uh. So I think, you know, if you don't like it, then exercise your choice and don't read it. But I think... Um, there is a fun and an escapism to Julia Quinn's books. Uh, and it, I think it really kind of makes it very interesting on how we look at, I think, notions of femininity, masculinity um, through that lens. And I think how, you know, certain ideas have prevailed till today, right? You know, mm-hmm. what makes a good hero? What makes a good heroine? I think, you know, ultimately it just comes down to characters in a book, right? What makes them good, you know? And I mean, they, they just happen yeah. to be in a historical romance, yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything else still still needs to be good, right? She still needs to write it well. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the books that we kind of hold up as as being high literature when they were released were commercial commercial publications that you know were were serials that people read it, you know, in uh in not fancy not fancy uh magazines and things like that. Um, and so, I don't know, I think it's easy to kind of see the things in the past as being like elevated and the stuff that's, that's our current uh, escapism has, doesn't have as much value as it yeah. does. Totally. And, uh, think, so, wasn't there that book, uh, The Mysteries of Udolfo, when it was really released, I think it was really considered like, you know, very sensationalized mm-hmm. kind of literature, very, you know, but now we look at it as like, you know, part of the gothic um, yeah. Movement, right, you know, or even um, something like Count of Monte yeah. Cristo, or uh, the books like that were serial novels of their day. They were released in magazines. Yeah, if you it wasn't considered like an academic book. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Have you read the Count of Monte Cristo in its entirety? <laughs> I've tried several times. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> Yeah, I've not gotten through it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's really, really like thick. I'm just like mm. I, I used to like carry it around because I I thought it made me seem intellectual. <laughs> I, yeah, I was trying to like read it and finish it. I did finish it, but I, I don't know. Like the second half of the book I remember nothing. <laughs> I think I was just like, let me just finish this book. So 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. The novels, they are set in the Regency era. So we're talking the Jane Austen era of writing. And yeah. uh, and they are a little bit steamy, some more than others, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's part of the fun of it. <laughs> and they're about the Bridgerton family. And they have eight children. Violet and her husband have eight children. And the eighth child, Hyacinth, was she was still pregnant with Hyacinth when the the count died. Yeah. When her husband died. And so we get one book per child. So that's what we're going to talk about. It's the first eight books. There's other books. There's prequels. And then there's a happily ever after book. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about eight books for eight Bridgerton children. And so far in the series, which we'll put a link down to our discussion of series two and into my reviews of series one and series two, we talked about book one and book two. Yeah. And we don't know if going forward, they will stick to the books uh, because the, at least with Eloise and Penelope, the characters are pretty different than what they are in the book. So I'm thinking that I don't know if they're going to stick to mm. the book. They also yeah. make a way bigger deal of Lady Whistleton in the in the series than they do in the book. It's pretty much just only in one book that it's uh, a plot uh, part. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Would you do you think that some people have said they think the series is a big upgrade over the books? Do what do you think? Um, I think I think I mean I don't know because I think we have to kind of see more seasons. I think for Mm -hmm. me to make a judgment, but I think that uh, there are certain parts of the series that have elevated, but I don't think like necessarily elevated, like made better, but I think it was just adapted to suit the medium because some things that happen in a book just can't be in a TV series, right? And especially because it's a historical romance, they have to be very careful, I think, of what they adapt or what they include, Um, you know, and how they show certain things, right? Because, like, I guess tension and conflict in a book is very different from in a TV uh, arc. So they would Mm -hmm. need to be very aware of that when they adapt. So, um, so far, uh, um, I think think the, the first season is kind of on par i mean it followed the book quite religiously mm-hmm. uh it was almost it's quite similar um 
yeah, you know, but the second I think one, I, I like the second season more than the book. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. they yeah. made a bunch of changes to the book. I I I liked certain things about the series better. I like kind of the fact that they get to their relationship a little bit quicker mm-hmm. in yeah. the book. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of enjoyed that about the first and second book is that where there was almost more about a married couple yeah. than than uh, the uh, will they won't they. But that's yeah. also kind of fun too. So it's it's interesting. We will be talking spoilers. A little bit, I think, in this <laughs> ranking. So if you don't want to hear anything about any of these books, then uh, don't uh, don't listen. But uh, but they're pretty quick, easy reads. I read most of them in May. <laughs> I mean, you are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know. Like I've I've read uh, Julia Quinn books, um, but over like the span of a few years, like I think because uh-huh. sometimes it's very difficult to get to the next book in the series, right? Because I, I was like, I had no money. So I was, <laughs> I was doing it through the library, you know? So I had oh, to go yeah. to the library and, That's uh, hard. you know, hope that the next book that I wanted to read would be there. So I read it, like, through my university years. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a pretty fast reader, especially books like this that aren't, like, super deep. <laughs> that that <laughs> aren't the like... account of Monte Cristo. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. That's true. Uh, and make sure you check out every month. Bree and I do a monthly romance reading wrap up. That's so much fun. Where we have one major book that we pick to talk about, and then we also just talk about whatever else we've been reading. I love doing that with her so much. Uh, I'll put a link down to that playlist as well. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I I kind of went on some reading binges. <laughs> I guess it helps being insomnia sometimes. Insomnia. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> uh, but I really enjoyed these books. I thought they were f- fluffy, escapist, fun, enjoyable, romantic. I I enjoyed all of them on some level. I thought they were fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's her strongest series. Like, I think mm-hmm. um, there were some. I think because I've read like nearly all of her books, right? So um, you know, when I was done with this, then I was reading the other ones, right? Um, but this series, I think, is, I mean, her most memorable and, you know, mainly because mm-hmm. of the Bridgerton siblings, you know, they're just so entertaining. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. um, just having it as a series, right, seeing all these characters that you loved in the previous books <laughs> still, you know, come back in the, the next ones are just really nice. Yeah, it's a really nice kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we should say that the diversity that's in the series is not in the books. That's yeah. new. Yeah. Added. So that's fun. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> let's talk about each of the books and we'll give our ranking of where in our personal ranking the books lie. So we start out with The Duke and I, which is, of course, about Daphne and, yeah. <laughs> and the Duke. And yeah. uh, in this, they start out uh, like kind of having a fake relationship because he's tired of all of these women wanting particularly mothers wanting to be him to be with their daughters so her her, him and daphne start this fake relationship and then they things get more serious they get caught kissing and he gets challenged to a duel by anthony and so they end up getting married 
but the reason why the Duke didn't want to get married was because he doesn't want to have children. And he knows that Daphne really wants to have children because she grew up in this big family and everything like that. And yeah, it gets pretty exciting. What what do you think about this first book? Um, okay, so <laughs> I think I do this a lot for series, right? I didn't um I didn't start with the first book when I was reading the Bridgerton series. Um not by choice. It's because my mom bought me um the Viscount uh, the Viscount who loved me and an offer from a gentleman. So she bought me those two books. So I didn't read this until like later. Yeah, despite the fact that it's the first uh-huh. book. Um, which maybe kind of clouded my judgment on it a little bit. Um, so you read the the uh, second book first? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, second, second, second was first, third was second. <laughs> Some complicated <laughs> math. But anyway, so, um, so when I did meet Daphne, it was like, you know, much... Uh, later on, right? Even though it was supposed mm-hmm. to be like the first book, um, it's not my my favorite lah of the eight. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, I think where do you the- have it ranked? <laughs> seven. <laughs> I have it seven as as well, but I don't dislike. I enjoyed it. I love a fake relationship. I wish more of these had a fake relationship. I think that is hilarious. I yeah. always love that. <laughs> so that's probably my favorite part, but it doesn't last that long. I wish that it lasted longer. It would be fun. Yes, yes. And obviously there is a problematic element to this book mm-hmm. yeah. with her kind of forcing herself on him mm. when he's drunk. Yeah. And they made that a little bit tamer in the series. He's has more consent in the yeah. series, but it's still not great. Yeah. Um <laughs> and he's totally uh-huh. plastered in the in the book. It's yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, she's trying to show him that he he doesn't need to take the kind of sins of his father onto yep. him and his family. She's trying to show that to him, but obviously, like, that's not the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about it is that it on the communication level, right? I mean, the fact that you know, they were kind of, you know, not forced because they both wanted to be with each other, but, you know, they were compelled to be because they were caught, right, you know, um, mm-hmm. by Anthony and then uh, they had to, you know, get married and things like that. So he was already kind of, you know, reluctant because there were certain things that he didn't want to do, right, because he didn't want to carry on his lineage, right, he wanted the name to die with him, you know, so he came into that, uh, into the marriage with that conception with that idea that you know I'm not going to you know I'm, I'm sad for her because I can't give her what she wants right but I'm not gonna you know do that right and she is you know naive and innocent and she doesn't know that you know but um, so they both come in with certain desires that they have and I guess you know that's the thing about relationships, right? You need to communicate it to each other with clarity, right? So he wasn't doing the right thing by not telling her what it entailed with him like pulling out Right. And she didn't do the right thing by later on, you know, forcing him against his will uh, for something that he didn't want, you know. So, um, yeah, so that generally you shouldn't well, have and, discussed before. <laughs> and she's just like such a naive character yeah. that she doesn't know what makes a baby. And she's 21 at the start of this. Awful. I mean, I know it was a simpler time, but like, <laughs> I mean, come on. I the Lady Violet 
<laughs> let's let's her kids down in this respect. She needs to have like a heart to heart before the wedding night and needs to explain. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the that's the thing, right? Because for the men you don't have to teach them. You don't have to say anything because they they know, right? They've been out, mm-hmm. they've been having their little side things, right? Right. But so but Daphne's like the first like daughter, right? You know, that she is getting married off, right? He's marrying off, right? So I, I can understand why she found it, I guess, difficult. Because it's like, you don't talk to your children about these things. I don't think my parents had the... I mean, even now, right? I don't think they had the, like, <laughs> sex talk with me, right? You know, I don't think... Yeah, like, I think before... <laughs> on my wedding night, I think when we were about to head off, my mom was just like... She she told, like, my husband, she was like, you take care of her, okay? <laughs> and I was like, okay. So there wasn't, like, a talk or mm-hmm. anything. So I can understand, especially because of, you know, how it was back then. So I yeah. think uh, Violet, I think, was hoping that, you know, the Duke would educate <laughs> her daughter. Um, and yeah, I, mean, I guess it didn't happen. Thing, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't happen. She has to go to, like, the servant and find out. <laughs> Uh, but I think there's really good (laughs) chemistry between the Duke and Daphne Yes, and I I think in the end it's actually very emotional that he's able to forgive his father and move on with his wife and that he really loves her so I think there's a lot of good here yeah I I just I don't know it's just my seventh favorite <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, that when when you, I think when you when we watched the first season, those little moments were also points of contention, right? The idea of like mm-hmm. the, her not allowing him to have consent and things like that. Um, I think ultimately, I guess the outcome is a good one, right? I think that he he was doing it not for himself, but for some other warped reason, right? You know, it yeah. comes from childhood baggage and all that. So, um, in the end, I think, you know, they did get to a healthy place, uh, right? Where he was mm-hmm. able to kind of move past this yeah. baggage, right? And and love her and be with her. So, I think it's yeah. actually quite uh, sweet in that sense. But yeah, I mean, and they had mm-hmm. so many children. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh. <laughs> he really did convert over yeah. to her side. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> all right. So number two is the Viscount who loved me. It's of course, course about Kate and Anthony. And uh, he uh, saw his parents, uh, his, his, they were, had this great love. And then his father died right in front of him because of a bee sting. And so he feels like, I don't want to go through that ache of like losing a great love. So I just want to get married to be practical um, but then he meets Edwina and uh, and Kate, and <clears throat> he decides because he decides to try to pursue Edwina, but he ends up kind of falling for Kate, and this is definitely an enemies to lovers kind of story. It is quite different than the uh, the series in a lot of ways. They get together way faster in the in the book. And uh, so you have more of their actual relationship back and forth as opposed to waiting, 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 waiting. Like a series <laughs> makes you go crazy waiting. Uh, but that was enjoyable in a certain way. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, and I really like Kate as a character. I thought she was spirited and fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> where do you have this one ranked? It's number one for me. <laughs> ah, number one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. It's it's my number four. Yeah, okay. So I'm so, right in the middle. Yeah. I enjoyed it very much. Um, I think it's for the reasons that you said I I love Kate. I think she's one she's probably my favorite, I think, uh hero heroine, right? Um mm-hmm. or um the female protagonist for the series, right? Um I like how well matched they are. You know, um, in terms of banter, in terms of stubbornness, right? They're both, you know, so stubborn, right? Um, you know, and I like how they kind of bond, um, you know, through their past traumas, you know. So they both essentially have face loss, right? And they kind of help each other overcome it. And mm-hmm. there were just a lot of memorable scenes in the book, like the Paul Mall game, uh, you know, there's even like this little scene where, um, you know, Kate is being a, like a dutiful wife and she's like prepared tea for him when he gets back, you know, and then he, while he's talking to her, he decides to like, he wants to ravish her. <laughs> Because she's mm-hmm. looking so like you know delectable <laughs> and so cute, right? <laughs> I think she's wearing like some little hat or something like that. And then he was like, "Okay, let me like quickly, very like you know, discreetly finish the tea, right? So that you know we won't make a mess." <laughs> and I don't know. And then, um, mm-hmm. and then, um, I think it's the same conversation where he decides that he wants to give Edwina like a dowry, like he wants to help provide for her. And you know, Kate is so overcome that she kind of launches herself at him and she like destroys the tea and she was like oh thank god you know the tea's finished right <laughs> otherwise yeah. this would be like a big mess and I don't know so it's yeah. the one book that I keep rereading so I think for me that's that's like uh you know it, it, probably mm-hmm. that's why it's my favorite you know so I really and, like their interactions yeah and I love me a rake reformed I'm a big <laughs> fan yeah that's all my favorites yes. um and the scene with the bee is really mm-hmm. great. Yes. Very, very well done in this book. And overall, it's just a very great chemistry. And she does a great job with that Julia Quinn of building yes. the chemistry. And you are just really rooting for these people. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. so frustrated because <laughs> why do they not see yeah. what's there? But that's the fun, right? That's the fun yeah. of, of, yeah. of it. Yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Bethany House Publishers and Becky Wade's newest release, Turn to Me. Summer is the perfect time for romance and Becky Wade's contemporary romances always deliver. Her compelling Misty River romance series is set in the picturesque Blue Ridge Mountains and follows the love stories of friends bound by a life-changing event. The perfect combination of intrigue, romance, and wit. This is a series you will not want to put down. Get 40% off and free shipping at bakerbookhouse.com. When you purchase any of the Misty River Romance novels with the promo code MistyRiver40. That's bakerbookhouse.com and code MistyRiver40. The third book is called An Offer from a Gentleman. And this is basically a Cinderella retelling uh, with Benedict and Sophie, who is the bastard child of a a noble man who dies and then she's basically has an evil stepmother who makes her be a servant and she ends up going to the ball dressed up and and they have this great kiss her and benedict and uh and then he you know tries to find her it's it's a good book i enjoyed it but 
I don't know, just the whole Cinderella part of it kind of took me out of it a little bit. It was just so much Cinderella that was it was a little weird to me. And it's my least favorite of the books. It just wasn't didn't fit with the whole rest of the series to me. Okay. <laughs> it's number <laughs> it's my it's number six for me. Okay, number six, yeah. Yeah. I I like Sophie as a character. I think she was a lot of fun. I didn't love Benedict either. Like I understand that that was the society that they were in. But every time he asked her to be his mistress, I thought it was weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just wasn't that romantic to me. Be like, will you please be my mistress? And I'm like, uh. like, that's not that swoon worthy. It doesn't make you like him that much. And uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it's weird, right? Because, um, he only I think kind of like um, stopped on that whole mistress route when he realizes that she's the woman at the ball Mm -hmm. right and I find it so strange right because why are you pining after this like woman I mean it yeah it's great you had a great romantic moment right but it's like a few years later you know and there's this other woman that you really like right you know and I think he has this whole talk with Lady Bridgerton right you know about um, I think marrying someone from a different social class, right? And I think for him, because of his standing as a Bridgerton, right, um, you know, and the fact that he's not the first son, right, it would allow him, I think, you know, um, the agency, I think, to marry who he wanted, you know, in a certain way, right? I mean, the fact that he, they do get married at the end does justify that, you know, despite the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> like, you know, you, there's this woman that you like, that you have chemistry with, right? But, I mean, it goes back, I guess, to the conventions of the time, right? You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't, I guess, make sense for him. It's not a typical mm-hmm. match, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, they, they did have mistresses at the time, and it was a yeah. thing. But it just, for this kind of swoon-worthy novel, it just wasn't that swoon-worthy. It wasn't that romantic to be like, yeah. will you be my mistress? And and I maybe it partly, I also don't really like Benedict. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Sophie's know. great. Sophie, I like Sophie. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know about Benedict. <laughs> yeah. yeah Even in the series, okay. I'm not that big a fan. He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> So next we have Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. This is uh, Colin and Penelope's book. Colin, he says at the beginning of the book that he could never be with Penelope. And uh, then he gets surprised (laughs) by her. Um, This is a friends to lover story. And Penelope has considered herself basically an old maid. And she asks Colin to kiss her just so she gets to experience it once. And he's like, whoa, that was really good. (laughs) um, They start to get to know each other better. And I don't love the fact that she had her lose weight in between. Like I wish that she had just, it would have been, and I hope they do this for the, for the series because I love Nicola Coughlin so much. Um, but uh, but I, I don't love that they that that's part of the reason he's all of a sudden attracted to her is that th- she had her lose weight. But nevertheless, I still kind of liked uh, I'm a sucker for friends to lovers. I liked their dynamics. 
And so I ended up having this one at fifth place. Oh, what about you? It's number two. Okay. <laughs> number two yeah. for me. <laughs> I mean, and this is the one that, that involves Lady Whistleton because we yeah. find out, of course, that Penelope is Lady Whistleton and there's all of this scandal and uh, what's going to happen if it gets revealed and uh, back and forth with that that I think is, is a lot of fun. It makes the book uh, pretty enjoyable. What about you? What do you think of this one? Um, I really enjoyed it. I think, uh, like you said, I I am a sucker for friends to you know lovers, right? And I think, I think because we've we've been with Penelope, I think um you know we've known of her prior to this book, right? And Colin as well. So we've known of their friendship, and uh, you know, and how much she's like loved him from the beginning, you know. Yeah, but I think for me, what made it quite exciting was the whole Lady Wisdom, uh. Uh-huh revelation because you know yeah. in 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 the series you we, we kind of find out quite early on who mm-hmm. she is right but at this point we're like it's quite exciting <laughs> you know uh and it feels like you know and you know and, and um like how how you know how would how would would colin deal with that secret you know how would he react to it so i thought that that was quite exciting to watch uh mm-hmm. unfold and i was also curious to see what would be the you know what would incite I think Colin to kind of fall for her because he's never seen her in that light before you know so what mm-hmm. exactly would kind of bring them together you know and I think because they're such great friends right they have that chemistry with each other right and I mm-hmm. like the whole letter writing aspect yeah. of it because they're both writers so yes. Colin's starting to write too and so they have that kind of back and forth and uh, I think he's just really surprised by the kiss. That makes a big deal. Yeah. Which is fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a thing in the, in, I guess in the books, right, where you know, will a couple? I mean, will a couple have like romantic chemistry, right, mm-hmm. or sexual compatibility? You know, yeah. I think it's a, it's a thing, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's from that moment, right? I guess that he kind of sees her as more, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that attraction starts to build. Yeah, but I really like their connection on that writer level you know how um yeah and how she encourages him i guess to pursue his passions because he's such a lost boy colin right at the beginning you know i mean you know his brothers have found their purpose right they they have their passions you know they know what they want you know Mm -hmm. uh, they have a direction whereas he doesn't know you know so i think all the travels have been a way for him to kind of figure out what he wants to do you know and i think Mm -hmm. it's 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 so nice, I think, uh, you know, that partners can do that for each other, you know. Yeah. So I think I think that's when you can kind of see them as very, very compatible. Yeah. And it is fun that we have gotten to know both of the leads in this yes. book, like yeah. you're saying, that yeah. we're invested in Penelope, we're invested in, uh, in Colin. Uh, and uh, they've, in the series, they've already set down roots for this one just a little bit they had that her her walking by colin and him, and him saying the mean thing that he says at the beginning of this book yeah so i'm like oh it's gonna be <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if the next three books are combined into the next series yeah because I, I, I just can't imagine them doing book three as its own thing it's just i feel like it would feel so weird uh the 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 benedict book yeah, with the yeah. whole 
with the whole uh, Cinderella element. I don't know. I just, I just can't imagine them doing that. I feel like they will blend in these next three books into basically one series. Cause they've yeah. already started with Eloise. They've already started with Penelope and they've already started uh, well, a little bit with Benedict. Yeah. So that's what I, I agree, think. I agree. I mean, they've been green light for like three, three and four, right? C- series. Yeah. They've already green light three and four. Yeah. So but, I guess they framed it in a particular way that they're going to kind of construct the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, I mean, I think they should because um, I think it's difficult, I think, to, I think, you know, especially the Benedict book, I think, I don't know how they're going to drag it on for like eight episodes <laughs> <laughs> of him just like, will you be my mistress? I don't know. Like, it would just be weird to have all of a sudden the Cinderella season. I, I don't know, I think. But who knows? They could pull it off if they try. But um, but I think there'll at least be a bl- some blending, which we've already seen a little bit of. But I think it'll be more yeah. in the next series. But uh, all right, well, let's talk about to Sir Philip with love. And this one is our Eloise uh, story, and we meet. Uh, so he's been married to this woman Marina which we meet in the series but is not part of the books and she actually commits suicide which is of course very sad and he's like super depressed so Eloise is a considered basically a spinster at this point she's had lots of offers but she refuses them and uh, so she sends a letter to Sir Philip and he responds and they have this correspondence. And after a couple of months, he says, we, he asks, he says, what would you think of marrying me? And so she decides to go up there yeah. and uh, they have a courtship and then they end up getting married. And he is so excited about being married to her. <laughs> um, he loves her. Um, and, uh, and, and uh, yeah this one i have at six uh this one is <laughs> number five for me okay so we're basically the same <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think a barrier in this book is that the eloise in this book is very different from the eloise in the in the series don't you yes. agree yes yes um she definitely she's not the same definitely um i think uh I mean, she's still, you know, the idea of not being confined to the idea of, like, marriage. Like, she still won't do, you know, um, there's still air rebellion, right? You know, I'm not just mm-hmm. going to do something because it's socially acceptable. I don't I don't need, you know, I don't want, I don't have to get married because, you know, society dictates that I should, right? So, mm-hmm. which is why she's, a, you know, so-called a spinster at the beginning of this. Um but I think you know the 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 intellectual aspect, right? You know the political, I guess, part of Eloise that we see in the series isn't really quite here. I think here she's quite actually content to be a mother, be a wife, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is not, uh, you know, it's not. It's it's a good thing, right? Um, yeah. it's just different from um what we have seen of her in the series. Yeah, yeah, she's more conventional in this book. She's not as much, she's not as peculiar, I don't think. Yeah. As she is in the, just different that she is in the series. She stands out a little bit more. Uh, but I I liked their connection. I felt like a tiny little bit of sort of a Jane Eyre feel in this. Like he felt a little Rochester-y to me. 
he was definitely weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think um I think um book fans I think are a bit torn on on this book mainly because of him. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think sometimes the way that he was acting um which I think for modern sensibilities is a bit strange, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, so um, I think a lot of the time was he just looking? I think for um someone who could take care of his children. <laughs> like sometimes I think that's the discourse that's happening, right? You know, they feel there, that. Yeah, yeah, there is some of that I think, and especially when she comes to him and says that, uh, you know, that the nannies or governess is striking the children. She doesn't agree with that, and he's kind of dismissive of her opinion. Which is frustrating, and uh, but I don't know. Just the way that like Rochester talks about Jane as being this like uh, unearthly thing, you know, and this this uh, that he's just a little bit obsessed with yeah. Jane. I I feel like that's also here. I don't know. Yeah. Just in the kind of the 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 way that they are just so enamored with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel I, like yeah. that's a little bit of that, but I I think yeah. I mean, I liked it. Um, you know, I mean, the fact that it's number five for me, I think. It's, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, I mean, I think, uh, I guess because the family aspect was there as well, because her brothers yeah. come and you know, and then there's that feeling of the Bridgerton atmosphere and vibe, right? You know, so I really like I enjoyed all that connection. Mm-hmm. But I, was, I think yeah. I also really like the fact that they're both kind of misfits, so Philip and Eloise, and they kind of find connection with each other. So I think that's mm-hmm. quite nice. You know, yeah, um, I, I like that too. Yeah, and it, yeah, it was it was a fun book. I liked them, you know, falling in love and and enjoyed it. And um, all right, so then the next book is uh, when he was wicked, <laughs> which is the sixth book. It's about Francesca, and Francesca we haven't hardly seen in the series at all. I think yeah. she's had about thirty seconds. <laughs> So I, but they just announced that new casting for her. So they're obviously going to make her a little bit of a bigger part going forward. Nice. So she, yeah. she was married and uh, to, I think his name is John, her husband, and he passes away tragically and she also loses baby. So it's very sad. Yeah. Um, but their best friend who was also going to inherit the estate um he's named michael and he is helplessly in love with francesca but he's never obviously said anything because she's married to his best friend and cousin and so this is their their love story and uh i thought it was really good i really enjoyed this one i have it in number two okay (laughs) what about you it's uh it's at number four for me okay yeah yeah Yeah, I just loved Michael as a character. I thought he was really, really good. I yeah. very swoon worthy. Yeah, Michael was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think um, a really, really good leading man. You know, I yes. think some. I think sometimes <laughs> these uh, Bridgerton siblings <laughs> have all these like you know uh, reluctance, right? I think sometimes uh, to fall in love, right? You know, so it's yeah. sometimes it's really nice to see. Um, Uh, uh, a leading male character like so committed to her and mm-hmm. we feel so much for him because 
it's a difficult situation all around, right? You know, you're, you're in love with this woman, but she's with someone else, right? And, you know, he's your best friend, you know. Uh, and I think there's a lot of guilt as well, right? Because he's like literally like taking his cousin's role in everything, right? In terms of, yeah. you know, yeah. And I just felt like the agony for him. I'm like, ah, come <laughs> on. Oh, no. Uh, and <laughs> and because she had been married before, you don't have the innocence of the other novels where yeah. they're all virgins and they're all, uh, which is, it has its own appeal. But this was definitely the spiciest of the books. Yes, it is. I mean, sure. it's the sexiest. I think... I don't know, my face was as red as the cover of the book <laughs> at some points. I mean, the things that were happening, right, um, between them, right? You're just like, oh, Lord, right? Um, you know, I need church. Yeah, but, which, which yeah. I felt like you needed. Uh, it. What is this? <laughs> Six books in, we needed it. We, need... we, we all... needed something to kind of boom. <laughs> we needed more than the Daphne. <laughs> yeah. What's happening? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess Francesca should have helped uh, help some of her sisters out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do it. She, she knows stuff. She yeah, she could have told them. But uh, <laughs> I do think that Francesca does not fit as a name with these, with the others, right? I, yeah, it just yeah, sounds yeah. out of place to me. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, because everything yeah. else is a very British sounding name, and Francesca sounds, I don't know. Spanish or you know something else. Is that why she gets the spicy book? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Just, yeah, maybe. But I don't know. I just really thought they had great chemistry, and you just felt for Michael. And I think this one will make a great series. I hope that it lasts that long enough for them to do this book. Yeah, because I think it will be really good. Yeah, and I, they really have to cast Michael well. I think it's yeah. so important. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so, so important. <laughs> We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Then we have a uh, book seven. It's In His Kiss, and this is Hyacinth's book. Mm-hmm. And this is my favorite. I have this at number one. I really thought it was fun. Her relationship with Gareth and the whole uh, whole treasure hunt, trying to find the you know the the crystal, uh, and uh, the clues in the diary, and I thought they had fun chemistry, and everything with his dad was like was kind of intriguing and exciting. Lady Danbury, all of that, that was good. I really enjoyed that. Hyacinth was good. I, I just thought it was fun. Yeah, I think among all the books, this is like top tier banter between the mm-hmm. the the two the the couple, right? You know, I yeah. really, 
I could see the spark, you know, uh, verbally, right, physically, you know, it was just really, really enjoyable. And I think I liked the whole uh, treasure hunt element as well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, it, it offered us a chance to see them work together. So I thought that was always interesting uh, to see how that kind of panned out, right? Because, I mean, when you work together and then you kind of, kind of see each other, it's like, yeah, this yeah. person could be my partner, you know. Mm, yeah. That's true. That's a good point. And yeah. uh, all of her brothers like uh, popping in, you know, to make sure that everything's okay with Hyacinth. So she's the youngest and that was cute. And uh, I, I don't know. I just, I just liked it. I thought it was the best one. Yeah. Where, where do I, you have it? I have it at number three. Three. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. That's good. It's, it's yeah. the one I remember. Like, cause I mean, uh, you you you've read the books recently, right? For me, it's right. like centuries <laughs> ago. Um, so I'm going off based on like you know which are the ones that I really like stuck with me through mm-hmm. time, right. you know? Yeah, and I mean there are certain parts of the book that I remember. I think there's one part where he's like they're about to go, you know, sleuthing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on some like nightly kind of run, and Hyacinth's wearing this all black kind of and she's like wearing pants. And he's yeah, like, what? and he's like, whoa. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I mean, I can remember that all, you know, all until also now. Also, when they're right? stuck yeah. in the closet, yeah, because the, the butler's coming and they're like really tight and close, and I don't know, it's super cute. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of romantic tension. I think the, yeah. that's what this book did really well, like the balance. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think this will make a really fun series too if they get that far. Yeah, yeah, really okay. cute. Okay. All right. The last book is called On the Way to the Wedding. And this is Gregory's story. So he's the youngest son. And this is basically a uh, kind of left at the altar trope. And he runs in at the beginning of the book. He runs in to the wedding of Lucy and says, don't marry him. I love you and all this stuff, which is so great. And then you get to, then they go back and then you get to see how he got there to that point. And basically he thought that he was in love with Lucy's best friend and named Hermione, but it turns out he realizes that he's actually in love with Lucy. And uh, I really enjoyed this one. This one was really exciting. It had a lot of tension of when basically she's like forced blackmailed into marrying this gay man who um, just wants a wife for it to be on paper. Uh, but it's some kind of deal with her uncle and her uncle uh, who's raised her. And at first she's like fine with this agreement because she doesn't think she's ever going to meet anybody. And then she gets more and more interested in Gregory and uh, he, he doesn't know why she's still going on with this marriage, um, but she's being blackmailed. And I don't know. I just, I thought it was really fun. And then when he runs in and and breaks up the wedding and, and then there's uh, he kind of sort of has to abduct her in order to make everything. (laughs) happen um to trick they have to get the basically get the uh the uncle to confess because he makes it he says that her father was a traitor and it turns out he was actually the real traitor so i have this one at three 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know if you you, you figured out <laughs> the math. <laughs> but this is number eight for me. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> eight book in the series. Eight, eight on my list. Um, I think I think I didn't like it for all the reasons that you said. Uh-huh. <laughs> on on the contrast level. I think because uh there was just too much uh action, right? And a lot of oh, okay. like um, you know, like twists, right? Which can be exciting, I think, uh when you read it as like a book, you know, because you're like, Wow, what's gonna happen, right? You know, but on a romantic level I think it failed for me. Um I think it became more about, you know, all these other set pieces rather than I think the couple so I think the mm-hmm. romantic tension wasn't quite there for me because it was quite obvious that, I mean you know th- there wasn't much obstacles to them falling in love or you know being with each other right? so the obstacle was more external you know um, with regard to this you know villainous uncle right mm-hmm. uh, compared to I think the other books yeah I think compared to the other books where I feel like you know the issue or the conflict is more internal or which makes it more interesting for me to to read you know because it's yeah I don't know like you I think it's harder to get over yourself rather than some external um, obstacle you know mm-hmm. because I mean Gregory's got the Bridgerton power right you know so um yeah I mean I were, I had no doubt that they would take down um <laughs> the villainous uncle but um <laughs> yeah and I think the there wasn't very sexy this book as well I don't I don't really remember <laughs> much of it but it could uh-huh. be that I was just really tired for having to chase down all these eight books and by the time I got to the end I was like oh, okay Gregory well they do have to like hide and keep it quiet and he yeah. sneaks in there and climbs the trellis to her room and uh, so that was kind of fun and kind of sexy. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I do think that if I was going to, f- the reason why this is third and not higher is because he spends a lot of the book in love with Hermione instead of Lucy. And the change kind of happens really fast. Yeah. Uh, but I still just, I, I thought the the whole tension was fun. And the uh, so I, I did uh, enjoy it. And yeah. I was like, wow, that was exciting. <laughs> Uh, so all right let's go over our rankings so mine i have it's in his kiss at number one i have when he was wicked at two on the way to the wedding at three the viscount who loved me at four romancing mr bridgerton at five sir philip with love at six the duke and i at seven and an offer from a gentleman at eight okay so i have at one the viscount who loved me number two is romancing mr bridgerton right um number three it's in his kiss right number four is when he was wicked number five is to sir philip with love uh number six is an offer from gentleman uh number seven is the duke and i and number eight is on the way to the wedding (laughs) very good yeah all right well we want to hear your rankings so please put them in the comment section we want to hear what you think of these books uh and uh and uh, also, you can tell. Let us know on Twitter. I, I are you on? And Tasha, are you on Goodreads? Yes, I am. Okay, we'll put your Goodreads and my Goodreads so you can see that. I have my ranking on there. Uh, make sure follow us on on that. And uh, yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for talking <laughs> Bridgerton books with me. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's so fun to finally get to like fan go and I think talk about the world. Right? <laughs> 
with someone who cares. <laughs> like nobody uh, cares. Yeah. If you want more more book uh, content from us, let us know. I want to know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's such a time commitment that's a little bit hard. But let us know what you want. And we would love to hear your thoughts in the comments. And Natasha, where can people find you? Uh, hello. <laughs> you can find me um, <laughs> on Twitter at Lit My Soul. Uh, my writings are on culturedvouchers.com, uh, where we do um, film, books, TV, games, wrestling, right? Lots of good stuff. I also have interviewed Julia Quinn before. So. Oh my gosh, look at <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. So uh, you can check that, check out that interview if you want. <laughs> yeah. Cool. We'll put that in the description. Yeah. Uh, is that at Culture Vultures or? Yeah, is that Culture Vultures. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's yeah. neat. Yeah. Uh, well, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes and at Goodreads. So check that out. Also, make sure you're following the podcast, All Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all over social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews, five stars. It helps us a lot. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. I'd appreciate that so much. Also, check out the merch store. We have lots of fun designs on there. And our patron group. We're having fun events and all kinds of fun stuff going on in the patron group. Please take a look at that. And thanks so much, Natasha. This was awesome. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. <laughs>